0: Hi, and welcome back to Spatulas and Speculations. I am your unofficial professor, Lily, or as you may more commonly know me as a happy hermit on TikTok and on Instagram or in a few other places that I tend to buzz around. Mostly TikTok and Instagram. Um, and this this is SJM 101, and we are nearing the end of our first season. Nearing the end. We're not quite there yet. And there's still so much I want to talk about, and yet we've covered so much ground. And one of the things that that I get asked a lot, especially when people see my tabbed books, because they are tabbed to accession, um, is what are those yellow tabs? What What do you got cooking on them yellow tabs? And my yellow tabs in my system, is for questions and theories. Most of the time it's, it's questions. It's me thinking like, okay, what did, what was put here? Why did Sarah leave this? Where, what is this character trying to ensue? What, 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 the what's. It's the what's. And then the what's end up leading to the, okay, I can draw this parallel. This is my theory. And then I go back in and I typically go to my green tabs, which are my, SJM parallels, trigger words, powers, magic, all that stuff. And I can be like, okay, I, from the yellow tabs, we're going to pull in through the green tabs and we're going to form our theory based on fact from canon. And then we can pull from the orange tabs, which is the world building. The world building tends to extend outside of the SJM universe. So it's like all of these tabs kind of just like filter together, mush together to create, um, A a well-rounded understanding of the SGM universe, which is why I can have those yellow tabs and be like, okay, I know this question or this thought that this character or this, you know, whatever it is, has not been answered yet. So that's what the yellow tabs are, but I get a lot of questions on them, and they're one of my favorite things to talk about because, obviously, like I said, it, it you know it, it's what creates the theories, it's what creates the fun insaneness that is the SJMU Easter Egg Hunt that we have been on, and so today we're going to be talking about a few of them, and um, we've you know, it's kind of funny. It's like, I, I, I was trying to, I like, I want to do this episode and we did something sort of similar to it. We've tapped around it, but I've never just been like, okay, I have questions. And it's not like, you know, there are the, I have questions of like the bigger things. Like, what is a starborn? What is that? What, what is this? What, what? <laughs> 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 not going there you know we have those kind of questions like um just more I would say more like continuity questions more of like world ability questions that I don't know it you know I wouldn't say I mean what is a star one is probably going to get answered but like these are more questions that can lead into theories but I don't have the theories for them yet I guess that's how I should say it um So that's what we're going to be doing today, and we're going to be talking about all three book series, so if you haven't finished reading all the books written by Sarah J. Mass, save this, follow me, come back, and join the conversation when you're done. We will be very, very excited to see you and and have you be here with us. Um, And with that being said, I don't speak for Sarah or for Bloomsbury. These are my thoughts, these are my opinions, this is what I've questioned, and this is the questions that I have based on my understanding of the SGM universe. My understanding of the SGM universe is not completely perfect, so I might miss things. I might misinterpret things. I might read too much into things, which is a fear I have on a daily basis. But then I remember... All of the nouns that Sarah left in House of Earth and Blood and how each and every single one of them, almost 99.9% of the time, all of those nouns actually have a deeper meaning that extend back into the SGM universe and she methodically planted those into there that I don't feel super bad for reading too much into things because I have a feeling she is a mastermind, <laughs> essentially. So yeah, and then also, I might mispronounce things. There's a particular name that I'm gonna be bringing up that I f- mouth fumble on quite a lot, and I'm not sure if we have ever talked about her in depth at all, but we're going to today. We're gonna be talking about mostly Danica. I feel like a good chunk of this is just gonna be me going on a Danica rant that might extend into a, can- a Danica deep dive, which I have been asked considerably for. So, um, yeah that's where we're starting and I want to just I want to just jump right into it so let's let's talk about questions that we have and I want to and I want to pause actually for a second I think it's okay to ask questions um I don't want this to ever seem like well all of these questions are like questions that push into the SJM universe as in I question this because I know it's important and I know that the answer is coming down the line and I just want to bring it all to our attention but I will say there are questions of continuity when we look at like um how long Feyre has been in like the Fey realm between when she first crosses the wall to when her and Reese made up is like meant to be a year and yet it's kind of wishy-washy. Like, there's so, like, there are little continuity things that you should definitely be, you should question and then just kind of be like, ha, continuity, you know, things happen. It's really hard to plan 15 years in advance, you know. So, while I do have those kind of questions and those kind of yellow tabs, these are going to be more or less my, these are important, but I'm not sure how and I'm not sure why, but I'm going to question them all the same kind of thing. You know, because we could go into like what is in the series power, what is the starborn power, what is the difference between all of those powers if they're all powers of the stars, if day court the sun is a star, how is that any different than the star? Like, it's just, it's like a, a big, you know, there are those kind of big old loop de loopy circles we could go into that we won't be going into today. But I just want to say, like, it's okay to have those questions and it's okay to, you know, think of them and just be like, okay. And then move on. You know what I mean? I, that's all. I'm, I don't know what I'm trying to say. G- to the point, Lillian. To the point. Okay. The first thing I want to bring up is actually kind of a two-parter. It's it's two different things, but I think they end up tying together. Again, I'm just not sure how. So it starts in House of Earth and Blood, chapter 77, when Micah is. He's, he's venom, villain monologuing, like, the best of them. He is just spouting off, just, left and right information, throwing out bangers, gotta love it, bringing up ancient race, you know, ancient lore that talks of a race that's kind of like hell that's gonna bow to the horn, like, he's just dropping crumbs, you know what I mean? The man was evil, I'll give you all that, but he oozed information. Gotta love it. And he was also really good looking. And I, I'm going to tell you all this. When I first read that book, I was upset like halfway through that I was like, oh, she's not going to like, she's not even going to go for dinner with Micah. Mm -hmm. I would, (laughs) but then I, you know, it turns out he was evil and not even evil for like a good reason. He was just Like, he already had a ton of power. He just wanted more. Which is, like, you know, typical man. But, like, still... I was still, like, bummed. You know what I mean? I was just bummed. It was kind of like when I was bummed when Maeve turned out to be really evil. We do not stand Maeve in this house. We wanted to up to a point. You know what I mean? Same with how I felt about Micah. (sighs) But he still dropped information. That's the same thing that I feel like with Rigulus Regulus in, like, the end of Hosab. But just... That man just gave me everything, and I loved it. I wanted to just, like, give him, like, a thank you, like, standing ovation for giving us all that information, but he's still an evil, magic-eating overlord, so he doesn't need his ego to be that big. So, anyways, Micah brings up Danica when he is... Going is attacking it has attacked has attacked Bryce now he's getting into his own monologue, and uh, we're just gonna read the whole bigger chunk, but we're gonna only focus on a smaller piece, but I think all of these pieces and going into the second question that I have that is brought up in Hosab about Danica um might all flow together, yeah, so let's just read it all. Bryce still crawled backwards up the stairs. There was nowhere to go, though. She did part-time security work. Is that how she sanitized it for you? He smirked. Danica tracked down the people that Ranier wanted her to find. People who did not want to be found, including a group of Ophian's rebels who had been experimenting with a formula for synthetic magic to assist the human treachery. They dug into long, forgotten history and learned that the Crystallis demon Venom nullified magic. Our magic. So these clever rebels decided to look into why, isolating the proteins that were targeted by the Venom. The source of magic. Redneers, human spies tipped him off, and out Danica went to bring in the research and the people behind it. Bryce gasped for breath, still slowly crawling upwards. No one spoke in the conference room as she said, The Asteri don't approve of synthetic magic. How did Renier even get away with doing this research on it? Hunt shook. She was buying herself time. Micah seemed all too happy to indulge her. Because Renner knew the Asteri would shut down any synthetic magic research. That I would shut their experiments down. They spun synth experiments as a drug for healing. Renner invited me to invest. The earliest trials were a success. With it, humans could heal faster than any Medwitch or Fae power. But later trials did not go according to plan. Vanir, we learned, went out of their minds when given it. And the humans who took too much synth? Well, Danica used her security clearance to steal the footage of the trials, and I suspect she left it for you, didn't she? Burning solace up and up, Bryce crawled along the stairs, fingers scrambling over those ancient precious books. How did she learn what you were really up to? She was always sticking her nose where it didn't belong, always wanting to protect the meek. From monsters like you, Bryce spat, still inching upward, still buying herself time. Micah's smile was hideous. She made no secret that she kept an eye on the synth trials because she was keen to find a way to help her meek, vulnerable, half-human friend. You. Who would inherit no power? She wondered if it might give you a fighting chance against the predators who ruled this world. And when she saw the horrors the synth could bring about, she became concerned for the test subjects, concerned for what it would do to humans if it leaked into the world. But Renier's employees said Danica had her own research there, too. No one knew what, but she spent time in their labs outside of her own duties. All of it had to be on the flash drive Bryce found. Hunt prayed she'd put it somewhere safe, wondered what the other bombshells might be on it. And then um it just kind of goes into talking about synth and healing it and and you know blah blah blah. So whew, whew, there's I I feel like I could even just do a chapter breakdown today on just that entire thing. So I wanna point out a few things um that I I just kind of am enthralled with Sarah for is the fact that we learned that Danica was working with the rebels like I think not even working with the rebels but she was in contact with them even back in in college and I just think it's really interesting that Sarah like dipped this like piece of information about the Ophian rebels and her finding them and talking with them because it just kind of like goes to show like what you know, I, I hear a lot of crap about Hosab and how it was just like, oh, Danica's like blah, 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 and then also how, like, there's too much going on in it, and I think it's really, like, interesting to me because if you, if you slide through and line for line look through this, these kind of, you know, monologues, you'll actually see a lot of threads she was slowly braiding together to bring forth later on in the books, and that's what we get with Danica we learned that she was working with Sophie and Sophie was working with the rebels and like we learn all this stuff and how it's been like years in the making for Danica and I also want to point out that the Asteri don't approve of synthetic magic again another thread that Sarah had left in the first book and later on like braided it together and we learn why why would the Asteri not want to approve of synthetic magic well it'd be the same as you know, um, giving someone a leather boot and being like, it's beef, eat it. You know, it's not nutritious for them. So, of course, they're going to ban synthetic magic. They want natural magic. They want real magic because that's what they eat. And I just like, it's these little moments where like my eyes just kind of like get really big and wide and my smile just kind of grows because I'm just like, oh my goodness, Sarah, Janet, math. How did you, how did you, like, considering the fact, (laughs) which we, I tell, you know, anytime it comes back into my mind, I'll tell you guys, like, she got the idea for this so long ago, and it's, it's, oh, it's, it's absolutely astounding, absolutely astounding to me. So, yeah. So, there's that. So, my thing about Danica is that I've come to realize, I think she knew, This is theory. This is not canon. This is not a canon question. I've been really stuck on Danica's prophecy. The through love, all is possible. That was what, that was the prophecy she got from the seer. And we later learned that it has ties to the mother goddess. It was an ancient saying, blah, 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 blah. I think that Danica ultimately knew a good chunk of what was to come. i think she learned probably far along like probably in college i think i think even it might even say that she might have known that all fey come from you know shifters or fey and all that stuff because of her bloodhounding. um she knew about the asteri being probably knew about the asteri eating magic she probably knew about bryce and her power capability for far longer, and I think that she might even know something more about bryce's um, bloodline and lineage than we've been told I won't be surprised if Dana could somehow could figure out because like the bloodhound isn't to my understanding I should say this to my understanding, the bloodhound isn't just I know who your brother is. I think there's more of a magical element into there where you can kind of peer behind the curtain into what makes them them. And we kind of learned that a little bit with Fury. Because not only could she tell that there's something up with Fury, but she also figured out what made Fury Axtar, Fury Axtar. Like, that's more than just a lineage thing. There was, there was more to unpack there. And could knew it just by just by her bloodhound thing so I think there's more to it than her just being a good sniffer like I think she's probably able to I wouldn't say see stuff but I think like know stuff and I want to say that she probably knew not only you know that Bryce was the Autumn King's daughter and Rune's sister but also like maybe something even deeper maybe something that leads back to the fact that Bryce had a quote-unquote other body to go to, like, stuff like that, and I think that, you know, Danica gets a ton of crap, and we'll talk about it when we do our deep dive, because I, I think I'm a Danica stan, ultimately, but I think there's, like, something that goes in with her saying that through love, all is possible, that is a bigger hint moving on, because she knew going forward the things that were going to have to happen, so hmm, there's so much here. My question is, um, because I think Micah was definitely wrong here. Um, he says that she was looking into synth to protect Bryce because she wanted to give Bryce a fighting chance, blah, blah, blah. I think there's so much more to that because one, Danica knew Bryce was powerful. Um, she had seen her power. Bryce had told her about her power. Um, And Bryce had, like, Bryce is powerful. It's not just from the gate. Like, people try to say that it's just the gate. It's not just the gate. Bryce has a a, a tremendous amount of power. Um, The star sword still called to her. She knew she was starborn and that she was the starborn heir. And she decided to hide that for Rune's sake. So, Danica knew all of that. So, she wasn't She wasn't She wasn't doing that because you who would inherit no power. Bryce had power. She had power before she even made the drop. I mean, we don't know the extent of the Starborn abilities, but again, we're not talking about that today. <laughs> so why was Danica actually looking into synth? What was the real reason behind it? And then to go even further, it says... Against the predators who rule this world, I think that was tricky wording here. if she was looking into synth for some reason to help Bryce, that maybe didn't have to, quite to do with healing the horn, maybe theres something else unless she was unless she was looking into synth because she knew she needed the horn and she needed to heal the horn, and she knew that Bryce was going to be the one to wield the horn like because she was starborn and Bryce and Danica knew all that stuff like there's that but predators who rule this world. That's the Asteri. <sighs> this, I, I reread this, um, not that long ago because I, um, I am, I have, like, a few more chapters left in my House of Earth and Blood reread. I took a pause because I just, like, am not emotionally ready for the Wahaba business. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I, I was actually, like, I kind of had, like, a small mental breakdown and had to, like, pfft, Like, I read this, and then I need to take, like, a long breather and, like, go for a car ride and just process this information. And the one thing that I came out of, and the the reason why I I kind of decided to do this episode is, I mean, for multiple reasons, but the reason I wanted to do this episode is because it's been raining, like, torrential downpouring for about a month now, and we've only had, like, certain days where... It isn't raining and I can record because I don't have, like, a studio. I'm just recording in my room on my bed. Um, And it's... There's no, like, sound padding around me. So you can hear, like, the birds chirping sometimes. (laughs) And um, the next four days are supposed to be a washout. And I wasn't expecting that. And I don't have my Jezeba character deep dive done. And so I was just like, well, I need to be able to do an episode... Um, so it's something that I feel like is important enough that I can put together in one, not one, well, that I can put together and record because today is the only chance I'm gonna have to record in the next four days, and in the next four days a podcast episode has to be out. So you know this is where we're at. Um, but I just I saw this and I was like I need to make a podcast episode. I, I if not the Danica deep dive because this is obvious. I've already talked for seventeen minutes. Like, this can't even just be, you know, in the Danica deep dive because it's, there's so much here. Ugh. So, it says, but the employees said Danica had her own research there too. No one knew what, but she spent time in their labs outside of her own duties. I can't, Properly express how I want to feel because if I did, it'll just be like loud static noise into the microphone and a few curse words. Sarah, bestie, home skillet, my queen of cheese, which is her own saying to herself. Oh, w- 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 was experimenting on things in a lab and nobody knew what? What are you fucking talking about? (sighs) The thing that bothers me the most about this, um, it all of it had to be on a flash drive Bryce had found is that flash drive is only mentioned in HOSAP one time and it's just Bryce going, did Danica already have the flash drive in her jacket when they were looking at security footage? Like, are you telling me? <laughs> I love Bryce. I love Bryce and I love Reese, <laughs> but sometimes they are the same person and sometimes they, I actually have tears welling in my eyes because they are so dumb. Like, Can we just talk about the fact that casually on a Tuesday afternoon in Bryce's kitchen after a mysterious cat made some, dropped some information, Bryce was like, we should not only join the rebel cause, but we should also storm the Asteris palace with not three seconds worth of thought. Like, the absolute level of non-strategy would make Aelin... Cry. Like, at the end of Akamaf, when they're like, we're just gonna, like, break into Hibern's castle, steal the most important piece object on all of Perithian, and go home in time to eat fish and chips on the Sidra Pier. Are you joking? <laughs> like, not a singular brain cell was bounced against a wall for a more logical deeper methodically planned plan between Bryce and Reese on those two like I love Sarah I love Sarah and maybe she had just put all of her strategies all of her plans and stuff like that on in Alien and she kind of just didn't have it in her going forward or what but You know, I'll never knock these books. I'll never knock these characters. But if I was, it would be that. And it would be Sarah. Why? These are, you know, Reese is almost 600 years old. And you're telling me he was like, let's spend one night making a plan. And the plan is we'll be really quick. (laughs) (sighs) ugh, and the same with Brace. Are you kidding? You're telling me that she made, that one of the, when they found those papers about, you know, um, Project Thur and, and I think even Dusk's truth uh, in the table, she wasn't, her first thought wasn't, I should look at that flash drive. I should look at all of the information Danica has, like, not, mm, I could, tears in my eyes these characters are real to me. So like, these are real emotions that I'm having to these real people in my head, which it, I'm insane. Anyways, it, it leads into the Jezeba thing, uh, or the second question I have, which is a question that Jezebel brings up. And she says in HOSAB 26, she's like, you won't find any traces of Danica left in the bone quarter, you know, Bryce tensed. What does that have to do with anything? I thought you were finally going to start asking questions about her. Bryce clenched the phone hard enough for the plastic to groan. What sort of questions? What the fuck did Jezebel know? A low laugh. Why don't you start by wondering why she was always poking around the gallery? To see me, Bryce said through her teeth. Sure, Jezebel said and hung up. We later see that um, the one time that flash drive is is brought up, or the word flash drive in all of HOSAB actually leads into what Jezebel was kind of prodding um, Bryce towards, and it's in 41 of HOSAB. And Declan has concluded his search of Danica in Jezebel's library in the Library of Parthos. And Declan said to her, Rune and Cormac, It took long because once it compiled all the footage I had to go through, all the shots with Danica, he smirked towards Bryce. Did you ever work? Bryce scowled. Only on Tuesdays. Declan snorted, and Bryce braced herself for the sight of Danica, of Lahaba, of the old gallery library. As the, he clicked play, her heart twanged at the familiar corn silk blonde hair with its vibrant dyed streaks braided down Danica's back, at the leather jacket with the words, Through love, all is possible, stamped on it. Had the flash drive already been sewn in? It's from two months before she died, Declan said quietly. There was Bryce, in a tight green dress and four inch heels, talking with Lahaba about fangs and bangs. Danica was lounging at the desk, boots propped up, hands tucked behind her head, smirking at Bryce's regular argument that porn with plot did not equal award-winning television. Lahaba was countering that sex didn't cheapen a show. And her voice. Rune's hand slid across Bryce's back, squeezing her shoulder. On the screen, Bryce motioned to Lahaba to follow her upstairs, and the two of them left. She had no memory of this day, this moment. She probably had gone to grab something and hadn't wanted to leave Lahaba alone with Danica, who was prone to r- riling the sprite to the hottest of blue flames. A second passed, then two, then three. Danica moved, swift and focused, like she had been using the time lounging at the table to pinpoint where she needed to go. She headed straight to a lower shelf and pulled off a book, glancing at the stairs. She flipped it open and began snapping photos with her phone of the inside, page after page after page. And then it was back on the shelf. Danica returned to her chair and lounged, pretending to be half asleep when Bryce and Lahaba returned, still arguing about the stupid show. Bryce leaned in towards the screen. Which book is that? I clarified the image, Declan pulled up a frame of the book right before Danica's black, sparkle-painted nails grabbed it. Wolves through time. Lineage of shifters. You can see her fingers going to some text here. Declan went on, clicking another frame. Danica had opened the book, skimming over the text with a finger, tapping something right near the top of the page, as if it were exactly what she had been looking for. And then, in a little bit later on... When it switches into, I think it's Rune's perspective, um, they're talking about the book and he says, the book was leather bound and old, but the title indicated that it had been written after the arrival of the Vanir. It's not a published book, Declan said, or at least it predates our current publishing system. But as far as I can tell, no other libraries on Midgard have it, which is Sarah, strange term. No other libraries on Midgard have it. Does that mean... Oh, does that mean... Does that mean that, that we're going to find that stupid freaking book at the bottom of the library in the House of Wind or in Helian's library or in the library at Orinth or in the Rifthold library? There, I mean, there's so many freaking libraries. I'm so done with Sarah J. Maas. What do you mean on Midgard? What a weird freaking term. I would never be like, how did he, how did he word it exactly? I'm going to change it. There is one book that I don't own that I would, I mean, I, I would, I would give anything for it, but I, I don't want to pay reseller's price for it. So like, I guess I wouldn't give anything for it, but in my heart, I would give anything for it. And it's the Accord of Silver Flames, Um, books a million edition with the Asriel bonus chapter, bonus points if it's a signed one. I would, I would, I would do horrendous things for that book aside from pay resellers price for it. Um, So I'm going to, I'm going to use the Akasif BAM, okay? As far as I can tell, no other libraries on earth have it. No other, I, I, I would never, I, that's just such a weird way to say that. Like, there is no other books a million on this, on earth that have it, but it could be other places. Like, maybe I'm reading into that way deeply, but, like, just the way that he said that, in the way that he said that, like, it was weird. It was weird. I don't like it. I don't like it at all. It was weird. It feels like, maybe we'll see it somewhere else. (sighs) They later wonder if it's in, if they have one, um, in... Fay archives and then they go on to call Jezebel, and Jezeba says it was a history of wolf genealogy and then oh this is where it gets this is where this is where I want to cry like I I think I'm just overly emotional today I don't know um <laughs> to be fair the Taylor Swift speaks now album came out today at midnight and i i was up until 3 a.m and then um i had to get up really early and today's the only day i can record because we're supposed to have rainstorms so like i am tired so maybe that's what this is but anyways bryce and joseph have this conversation and she says this what a great episode i'm so professional i'm so put together i know exactly what i'm going to talk about do you you had a book in the old gallery wolves through time what is it a pause Rune and Deck picked up every word with their Fey hearing. So you did look into the footage. Curious, wasn't it? Just please tell me, what is it? A history of wolf genealogy. Why did you have it? I like knowing the history of my enemies. Danica wasn't your enemy. Who said I was talking about Danica. Sabine, then, a soft laugh. You are so very young. I need that book. I don't take demands, even from starborn princesses. I've given you enough. Jezebel hung up. That was helpful, Declan Grouse. But twenty minutes later, Marin buzzed to say that a messenger had dropped off a package from Miss Jezebel Ragnar. I'm disturbed and impressed, Rune muttered, as Bryce opened up a nondescript package and pulled the leather tome free. We owe Jezebel a drink. Danica snapped photos of the beginning pages. Why am I... I'm just reading... I'm just reading HOSAB now. I'm just an audiobook narrator. That's all this podcast is. Um, <laughs> I'm just I'm just going to narrate HOSAB for you as I... I wasn't expecting to go this deep into here. I had only just wanted to, like, scrape some surfaces, but now I'm just reading out loud, and you're just going to have to deal with it. Um, That's what this episode is, I guess. Danica snapped photos of the beginning pages, Declan said, now reviewing the footage on his phone. Maybe only the first three, actually, but I think the page she tapped was the third. Bryce opened the book, the hairs in her arm raising. It's a family tree, going back... Does it go all the way back to when the northern rift was open? Fifteen thousand years ago. Rune peered over her shoulder, and Bryce skimmed. Gunthar Fendrir is the latest and the last name here. Is the latest and last name here. Bryce swelled. He was the Prime's father. She flipped to the third page, the one Danica had been the most interested in. Niklaus Fendrier and Ferris Helvein, the first of the Fendier line. She chewed on her lip. I've never heard of them. Declan tapped away on his computer. Nothing comes up. Try their kids, Bryce suggested, giving him the names. Why didn't you give... Sarah, why didn't you give me the names? I'd like to Google them. I'm going to Google these names in a second for you guys. Nothing. They went through generation after generation until Dex said, "There, Katria, Fendir." And from here, yeah, there's actually historical records and mentions of Katria from here and on, starting five thousand years ago. He ran a finger up the tree along the generations, counting silently. But there's nothing on any of these Fendirs before her. Why would Danica feel the need to be so secretive about this, though? Bryce examined the first two names on the list, the ones Danica had tapped like she had discovered something, and then countered, Why were their names lost to history? Would Ethan know? No idea. Bryce chewed on the hay nail. I, I need to talk to the Prime. Rune protested, I need to remind you that Sabine tried to kill you last week. I grimaced. I'll need you two to make sure she's not home. They then go on, I'm not going to, I'm not going to continue to just read out this entire chapter of Hozab, <laughs> but they then go to talk to the Prime, and the Prime, again, it talks about how the wolves did unspeakable things during the first wars. We yielded our true nature, lost sight of it, then lost it forever. We became what we are now. We say that we are free wolves, yet we have the collar of the Asteri around our necks. And their leashes are long. We let them tame us. There's so much to- Oh my goodness, there's absolutely so much to unpack here. This episode has now just turned into what the heck was Danica looking at? Um, I- I despise myself and all of my ADHD hyperfixation sometimes. So I'm going to do a really quick Google search on these names and I'm going to come back. This is a working episode. This is a first of its kind. You have got to be kidding me. You have absolutely got to be kidding me. Do you guys remember? Oh, I (sighs) am... I was like, that name sounded so familiar to me when I was reading it. Like, I actually might have, I paused and you might have been able to hear it. That name sounded so familiar to me. And then I, I just did, like, a quick Google search to, like, just brush up on, like, I was like, let's figure out what this name means. Why did Sarah bring it up? Do you remember, oh, this is absolutely phenomenal. Do you remember the episode where we talked about Lydia's bedtime story to Rune? And I brought up the entire Volsung saga the saga of the Volsungs and, um, Sigurd and Brunhild and the sleeping Valkyrie and all that stuff. Do do you guys remember that? Or, I- no, Lydia didn't tell that story. Rune told that story. He he thought about it. This is gonna- I'm- I'm- so, if you guys remember the story, which you probably don't, that's fine. Again, I- Urge you, urge you to listen to the Myths and Legends podcast where they did this this whole story. I, I, I might even just re-listen to it after this episode because now I'm just like, okay, maybe there's something I'm missing here. So, Sigurd, he's the one who killed Fafnir. He was the one who ended up finding the sleeping Valkyrie, the Valkyrie named Brynhild. Um, he ends up leaving her for some reason, even after she has these visions about how like him leaving is gonna end up in their ruin, and neither of them you know, it's Norse mythology. There's no logic, basically, ever. And then Sigurd goes to a keep. And in this keep, he ends up meeting a family. I, I'm not going to try and pronounce the father's name because it slipped my mind down on how it's pronounced anyways. But there was, um, Grimhild. Grimhild, who was the sorceress mother, who ends up tricking Ziggard into drinking this wine and that made him forget about Brynhild and ends up getting him to marry their daughter, Gudrun. Gudrun had three other siblings and one of their names is Gunthar or Gunnar, or it's pronounced, it's it's worded out in different ways, but the version that I heard was Gunthar, which is exactly how they have it spelled in HOSAB. Gunthar ends up marrying Brunhild after she go, comes to find him. I no. Yeah, he's the one who couldn't jump the I'm, I'm trying to remember it all the way. I should just pause re redo all this. I'm not going to, though. But they hear about the Valkyrie, and they end up um, convincing Ziggard to drink a potion that makes him take over Gunthar's body so that he can jump the fire. And then Gunthar ends up marrying Brunhild and Brunhild thinks that there are two men who could jump the fire, but really it was only only ever Sigurd. And once she finds out the truth, even after her and Gunthar have had a pretty good relationship, um, she goes into despair, blah, 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 blah. The curse is broken on Sigurd. He finds out what happens. He's heartbroken. She's heartbroken. They end up uh, dying, if you remember. And then um, Brunhild throws herself onto Sigurd's pyre, And they end up um, basically being able to reunite in the dead. They're, that's the story. It's one of my favorite romantic, uh, tragic romances. Um, but oh my goodness, Janet <laughs> are you freaking kidding me? So I was, this, I need to read Hosab. Oh my goodness. Because I was right about the parallel with when I was talking about Rune's story. I was like, that that was the story that I should have been going for. Because there is um, other versions of, of this story in different ways in other mythologies, but again, as you guys know, I'm mostly a, a, a Norse buff, um, and I, I, somebody did, actually, maybe even a few people have, you know, DM'd me being like, hey, there's actually a story that's pretty similar to Sigurd and Brunhild's, but in Greek myth, or in Roman myth, or in in, in Celtic myth, I can't even remember all the other ones, which I do find fascinating that there are very similar myths in different regions and religions and all that stuff that are loosely based on the same thing and oh that makes me fascinated but we have this name and it ties back to the story ah Mm. the name though um does actually mean battler or warrior and there are different ways to spell it and there are different um you know there's some roman men with names fairly similar to it where um so but in the story about Sigurd and brunhild gunthar was the one who convinced their younger brother who was too young to make the oaths with uh, uh to Sigurd, which was like to protect and serve each other as as brothers and um so he's the one who convinces their younger brother to kill Sigurd in his sleep um so he's not like a outstanding citizen. But I will say, um, thinking about Jezebel and, you know, her enemies, the name Fenrir is very close to um, Fenrir. Fenrir in Norse myth is one of Loki's um, three children that he had when he had an affair with a giantess, um, a Jortenheim giantess, and she bore him three children. One was, um, Jorgen, mm, I'm going to pronounce it wrong, Jorgen, Jorgenmimer, which is the, ser- the world snake, the giant serpent, that in Norse myth and the day of Ragnarok, um, Thor ends up jamming the snake's tail in its mouth and it's like a never end, never and it's eating itself because it was so like it could eat the whole world basically there's a whole thing that goes in with it yes that does I feel like tie back to the Ouroboros we could talk about that on a whole other day um and then she bore him another child which was Hela Hela was um ends up becoming the goddess of the dead and she was on one half very beautiful Um, normal looking and whatever. And on the other half, she was a decaying mess. What I think is really fascinating about that is I was recently looking into the covers of Crescent City because I actually, I mean, I'm waiting, I'm mostly waiting for my Barnes and Nobles exclusive editions to come in this summer to really deep dive into them because I can't find a really good rendering of um, the original artwork. But one half of Bryce is like, very beautiful. Like, there's something about it that's, like, more... I'm going to say quote-unquote clean, but that's not exactly how I mean, but I can't think of the right word for it. And the other half is is not. It's, it's more chaotic. It's more messy. It's more dark. One of Bryce's eyes is... has, like, the whites, and the other half is black. So, like, there's two sides to it. Or it's quote-unquote Bryce. I don't actually... In my heart, I'm not sure it's actually Bryce on the cover. I think it might be, like, Thea or somebody else. Because in the original artwork, which it could be continuity error, um, she has green eyes and Bryce obviously has yellow eyes. So, there's that. Um, So, yeah, the hella hella thing. And then the cover kind of, like, tying back to it. And then there was a third child and it was a wolf. The story of Fenrir is actually in my opinion a little sad um because so loki has this child it is a giant wolf and it keeps growing and they know about the prophecy uh, of ragnarok and so they're like well let's try to prevent ragnarok right if fenris is going to be implicated in it let's try and make it so that he's not so big and we have to fight him basically I'm, I'm deeply deeply um abbreviating this great norse myth um, and so they basically make this competition with Fen- Fenrir. And Fenrir is this little puppy. He's, it's, he's so excited to be a part of it. He's all around these like great gods and they're paying all this attention to him. And he's just like, I'm so big. I'm so strong. I can, conf- I can do any of your challenges. Like he's trying to prove himself to them. And they're like, haha, Yeah. And so they're like, well, you can't beat this challenge. And they're like, you know, they come up with these different challenges to try and trap him. And he keeps breaking out of them. Eventually, he's starting to realize that they might not have such great intentions. It's not just fun for them. Like, he's just think it's fun. He's just bonding with them. But he he starts to realize that they're actually having this malicious intent. And they end up coming to Fenrir. And I think it was with, um chains made from the dwarves which in Norse myth the dwarves um were you know these great craftsmen and he realizes that oh this might actually be you know the one I can't do and all the times he's still getting bigger and bigger throughout the all these challenges and so he he sees that this might be something that he might that might not work out for him and so he's just like well I think that you guys are, might not be being very nice to me. So I need some leverage. I'll let you chain me down with these special chains. And, but you have to, one of you has to put your arm in my mouth. And, um, so that like, if I can't get away, then there's like an incentive for you to let me go because I'll take one of your arms off. Tear, um, T-Y-R-E, um, or tie, ty- it, it, who is the the god of um, justice and and like just just anger? I want to say. Um, he is also the god of Tuesday from Norse myth. He ends up stepping up and he sacrifices his arm. So, because he knew he that Fen- Fenrir wasn't gonna be able to, you know, um, break out of the chain. So he puts his arm in in the wolf's mouth, and then the wolf tries tries to break free. He can't. He gets upset and he takes off Tears arm. And Tears is the the armless god basically. So that's the story. And then eventually um I think during Ragnarok his chains end up breaking like they rust and and snap off basically over time and then obviously he has motive for revenge because they were so mean to him which it, that's what makes it so sad to me is like if they were just nice to him and like was like what a beautiful fun wolf like you're so big you can protect us don't you think he would have just protected them in Ragnarok but I mean hindsight is 2020 and Odin did take out his eye so <laughs> that was a very long tangent but I guess it does have meaning because we know Jezebel is on the side of um it was the side of the, I would say the rebels, but hell, kind of like against the Asteri. And so if her ancient enemy, her enemy comes from the Fendir line, Fenris was a part of Ragnarok. The wolves, it sounds like what the prime is saying here. We did unspeakable things during the first wars. We yielded our true nature, lost sight of it, and then was, then lost it forever. We became what we are now. Like it almost sounds like could the wolves had sided with the Asteri in the war? Like we know that some of the starborn sided Peleus and crew sided with the Asteri, and then there were other starborns with Thea and that sided with Hell. So it sounded like there was it wasn't just Asteri against everybody. The Asteri had turned people to their cause. And it was Fey against Fey as well. So, you know, could that be what she's talking about? Trying to figure out if there is anybody in, you know, if Fen, if we're having kind of like a Ragnarok experience, um, which kind of does seem like, you know, at the end of Ragnarok, um, all nine realms are destroyed. Though I should say that there is, I think at the very end of Ragnarok, you know, the gods all die, the Vanir all die, the Aesir all die, and, um, I do think that there is life after afterwards. I want to say there is, but like don't quote me on that. Um it's been a while since I have really done like a full Norse myth like chronological dive. So yeah, so if she's tying it all back to Fen Fen the Fendiers and there's the Fendiers sound very familiar to Fenris, Fenris or the Fendirs tie back to Fen- Fenrir. Say that ten. Say Fenris, Fendir, Fenrir. And there's another one that I can't even... I can't say now And that I'm thinking of. I feel like there's one other person. Fendir, Fenrir. And then I think there's something else. Now I can't remember it in the SJM universe. But anyways, they all sound the same. It's very hard. My mouth is getting very full if you can't tell. So could that be the ancient enemy? There was one other name that gets mentioned here. Oh, there's two other names. Sorry. I feel like Niklaus, um, we might not yield anything, but we'll double check nonetheless. I'm still reeling over the Gunthar one. Wow, that was insane. Talk about a full circle moment for the podcast. Yeah, I'm getting Niklaus Michelson, if you, Vampire Diaries. Yeah, of course that happened. I should have, I should have been more on the ball with that one. Ooh, okay. Niklaus comes from the Greek word... I'm not going to pronounce it. Victory of the people. Interesting. Hmm. Um, I'm not going to do, like, super in-depth. I'm just going to double check. In mythology... I don't know if I'm actually going to get that. I'm... <laughs> uh, I'm just getting, um... Yeah, I'm just getting, like, Saint Nicholas and then also... The lore of vampire diaries, which, you know, is fair considering sometimes when you look up certain things, you just get the lore of SJM on Google, which is hilarious. There is one more name that gets brought up here, and it's Ferris Helvian. So let's just do the first name first. Ferris, huh, is an Arabic masculine name translating to knight, horseman, or calivir. It is also used as a Western style surname. Horseman or knight and then the last name, Helvian. Me and my Scandinavian community really coming in strong with these pronunciations for me. Yeah, all I'm getting is, all I'm getting is, uh, SJM, which is par for the course because, um, every once in a while when, especially when there's a list of three names, two will typically tie back to something else in the real world, and one of them will be made up in SJM. We've talked about that, but this is true. Again, here we're seeing it. Oh oh, man, that was not how this episode was supposed to go. I had eight things to talk about today, and I only got to two of them, and it just turned into me. I'm still, I'm literally, I'm sitting here curled up in, into myself just going on, like, how amazing is it? Like, such serendipity. Um, that, you know, the summer before I got into Sarah J. Mass, I found this podcast called Myths and Legends, and it reignited my love for Norse myth, because I had re- read, and I, and I do highly suggest it, I think I have even talked about it on, on this podcast, and if you are able to, the audiobook version of it is the best, is the Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. I've always had a fascination with Norse mythology, but, like, um, I, I had just on a whim listened to the audiobook by Neil Gaiman, because I, I really enjoy Neil Gaiman's work, and I really like his voice, and, um, that reignited my love for it, and so I kind of did some digging, and I found this podcast, and this podcast just turned out to be really amazing. Jason Weiser and his wife just put on a phenomenal podcast, and, um, then I heard the story of the Volsungs and it turned out to be my favorite romance story of all time like I was tearing up it's it's so beautiful um maybe one day I'll even write like a you know a version of it like in my own style like kind of like similar that's an idea I've always had in my heart um turns out like (laughs) a summer two summers later and I can't even remember now that knowledge became important to Sarah J. Matt. Like, I never in a thousand, never in a thousand years would I have ever expected, you know, my hyperfixation of Norse mythology to come and clutch on a random uh, Friday afternoon as I'm throwing together a pod, like, I would never even think I'd even have a podcast that I'd have a following, and, like, now I'm like, oh, this crazy information that I gained because I used to write, Marvel fan fiction. <laughs> and I used to love Loki and Thor, and I used to write like smut about them, and I wanted to do like deep Norse metal. Myth- like, it's kind of, you know, it's one of those moments where you're like, wow, like sometimes, like, there is a plan, you know, there is a reason you do the things you do, and it might come, you know, in handy in the future. And I know this is like, you know, very silly. It's just a podcast, it's just Sarah J. Mass. Like, it is but in some ways I'm a little bit blown away that like I don't know that sometimes like just that stuff happens and I'm sure the people who who are really in with like Greek myth and Greco-Roman myth I shouldn't even asterisk it is like they must be having a heyday you all must be just living your life in SJM because like I am so behind on it but um whenever I get those North myth bits I just like I go a little bit feral I'm I basically just decided like yeah I need to get on house up that's what I learned today um there's so much information in there that I need to pull apart and I am behind on Uh, I think that my plan you know this is the end of the podcast so if you're done listening we're done talking um you can just leave now thank you for joining us (laughs) see you next week we'll have a far better episode than today because today's episode was not supposed to happen at all but the, we are taking a, a break on the podcast, um, between seasons. And in that time, um, I'd like to do, I'd either like to do HOSAB in its entirety, or I'd like to just do a break and just do some fun fantasy reads. And I might just end up just doing both without having to take the time to pause to do the podcast every day, which I do a little piece of the podcast every single day of the week, except for Sundays and, um, pieces of Tuesday, but typically I'm still doing podcast stuff on Tuesdays. Um, but Sunday's my only day that I don't, I don't do any kind of content creation. Um, so, yeah, I'm just feeling like I need to read How sab. Wow, I'm just, Sarah J. Mass floors me, floors me. That, that name Fendrir from Gunthar Fendrir ties, gets thrown in to the story that Rune tells or thinks about in the chapter where Lydia tells the story. (sighs) So freaking good. Okay, I'm done for today. That, this wasn't supposed to happen. I didn't do, this was not at all how this was supposed to go, but it happened the way it happened, and you guys got to be here with me in real time as I just lost my, and like how i you know, pulled together these episodes is, you know, doing research and like on Google and like learning all this stuff. And like, I got to kind of do it on, like, it was like a, like a live, except it's pre-recorded, but in a way it's kind of like a live. Um. (laughs) (sighs) Okay. Thank you so much. I hope you guys have a wonderful week. I hope you guys aren't getting all this rain that I'm getting. It's literally been since the first week of June to, is it the first week of July or is it the second week of July? First week of July has literally been, it's like, there's been like four days where it hasn't been pounding rain (sighs) and it's not letting up anytime soon, which I should be so grateful for. And I am very grateful because we need water. Like the last few years we had droughts and like, I should be very thankful, but also I need sunshine because I'm a plant. And if I can't photosynthesize, I turn sad. Okay. Well, that's it. I adore you all. Goodbye.